Alright guys, it's um, April 18th, 2012, and um, the title of this message is The Vision of a Warrior. Um, so, <clears throat> we'll open in prayer and get started, see how the Lord leads us, thank you. Uh, Lord, we thank you for this night. Lord, we thank you once again for giving us the, the privilege to gather together, Lord, as a body of believers, Lord, to lift our hands to you, to worship you, Father. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we have this freedom uh, to worship. Lord, we rely on you for your word tonight, Lord. I don't have anything to say other than what you want to say. So, Lord, we ask that your spirit would just flood this place, Lord. Saturate us with your presence, God. Because we look for your message. If it's from you, it will change us, Lord. If it's from me, it will, it will just be nothing but stirring up a little dust. Father, we pray that your spirit would show up mightily and speak to us. Leave us forever changed, Lord. As we walk out of these doors, we'll be forever changed. Father, we'll be, um, we'll be stronger warriors in the kingdom of God because of your word tonight, Lord. Because of our time together tonight. Because of our prayer and intercession together tonight, Lord. We just want to hear from you, and that's it, Father. Release your word to us, Lord, with clarity. Lord, however long or short it is, we just rely on, uh, on your voice to lead us, to guide us, to change us, direct us, Father. We love you, and we thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your blood that you shed and purchased us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Um, what's a, um, a common theme? If you, if you find a business or if you find a, um, a church, business, things like that, what's something that usually they have in common? They come up with maybe first. When they're first starting their business, they're first starting off, what do they come up with? A slogan, which can also be um, considered a motto. Which sometimes people's slogans or mottos is actually their their theme, their business plan, their name, their vision. It's their vision. Okay, they come up with a motto or a theme or a plan because of their vision. And a lot of and guys, to show you how valuable this is, it takes place even in the secular world. Um, if somebody's starting a business, whether it has to do with advancing the kingdom or not, a lot of times it'll, it'll have a vision because that's what keeps us on track. That's what keeps us focused. When we have a vision, we move forward and we stay on track. We don't get tossed to and fro. So whether it be a church, whether it be a business, whatever, there's a vision. And a vision is critical. And so I got to, as I was praying about what to, to speak tonight, and honestly, um, you know, um, you guys have heard me speak a few times. It's not unfamiliar for you to hear me say, I don't really know where it's going. And unfortunately, I get stuck with that a lot of times. I don't know exactly what the Lord's going to say or what He's going to do. But um, yeah, forgive my little girl. But I actually ask Kathleen to bring her in sometimes so that she's the only one that amens me usually. <laughs> you know, That's about the only amen I get, right? So um, uh, that's what I want to talk about tonight, guys, is vision. So we'll start off with... Um, with Proverbs 29. Proverbs 29. It's important to have perspective and vision. Uh, it keeps us focused. It keeps us 
Um, our eyes on the kingdom. I can, I'll share this story with you as that will help break the ice, help settle my nerves. Um, we were um, in the, the mountains of uh, Honduras a couple years back. Um, myself and uh, uh, another pastor friend of mine and then uh, a guy from Guatemala because hence we can't speak the language so we needed him right bad. Not to mention this fellowship is incredible. Uh, we're supposed to leave at 6 in the morning um, to, to fly back home. And, of course, the missionary there, he's, you know, a great guy. Uh, he's like, we'll be okay if we leave by 5. We'll get there by 6. I was thinking, man, it seemed a lot longer than that to get up here into the mountain. So what makes you think we're going to get to the airport in time to get on a 6.30 flight by and leave at 5? Made me a little nervous. So we start off at 5 o'clock heading down the mountains, you know, taking this good old time. Needless to say, guys, uh, we pull into the airport at 6 o'clock to try to board a 6.30 flight. And there's a, there's a line of people that speak a language that I don't know at least a half a mile long to pay their customs to get out of there. And my heart just stopped because it was my wife's birthday. I was trying to make it home. I've been home at 8 o'clock. You know, that's enough time to, to see her for her birthday. So that was, my, that was my intention. That was my plan. And uh, um, we're, we're struggling through the airport there and trying to... The guy says, oh, you won't make it. You might as well go back home, but we, we persevered and we pushed through, and uh, all this hustling, bustling, cutting in lines, and, and uh, running through customs, and, you know, just belts hanging out, and shoes half on, sprinting down the aisle, we got to run out on the, uh, we got to run out on the runway, and climb up the stairs, and get on our plane, and I sat down in my seat, and you know what a feeling that was, to know that I was going to make it home for my wife's birthday. How many of you think that would be a good feeling? Yeah. Okay. I didn't get to have that feeling because the Lord had something he wanted to ask me. Uh-oh. And here's what he said. Z, you wouldn't have praised me the same if I made you miss the plane. You wouldn't have worshipped me the same if I'd have had you miss the plane. Because your vision was so, your perspective was so focused on what you wanted and what you wanted to get done. What if I truly would have had something else for you to do that night? Would you have been content with that? I sat on the plane with uh, this overwhelming feeling that I should be joyful, man. I was going to make it home. And God said, you would not have worshipped me the same if I'd have had you miss this plane. And it's it, that those moments help me to, to, to regroup and gather and say, you know what? I have to have a vision that is um, constantly focused on the kingdom. And anything that would seek to distract us from that vision makes us a weaker warrior. And we're daily in battle. Who's in a battle here tonight? Anybody got a battle going on? Anybody. It doesn't matter how big or small in the great big scope of the war, we have battles daily, whether it's traffic, whether it's relationships, whether it's uh, jobs, whether it's families. And the message that the Lord wants me to try to convey tonight in some way, shape, or form is simply this. The vision of a warrior is always focused on how his... um, The vision of a warrior is always focused on the fact that his response in a battle has a lot more to do um, then per- it has a lot more to do with the bigger picture than personal victory. Mm. Personal victory is huge. We pray for that. We come to the altar, we pray for personal victory, and we have to stay focused on that. But there is a bigger picture at play. Our response in the, in the midst of battles 
will affect our church. It will affect our children. It will affect our uh, homes. It will affect our jobs. It will affect everything. So it is important that we war and be a warrior with vision. So that's what I'm focusing on. Let's go to Proverbs 29. Um, let's see, for Cody, that's page 534. All right. Um, Proverbs 29, verse 18. Um, says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there is no vision, where there is no dream, where there is no sight, where there is no revelation, um, the, uh, the Greek word for that is call zone. Where there is no call zone, the people perish, para, which is going back to loosen your grip on to perish. Where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, people are unrestrained. We don't have control. Our, our hands are loose on that which we're holding to. If we don't have vision, we don't make it. That's why it's critical to keep our, to keep our vision. It's a critical element uh, to every person on the face of this earth. It represents our drive. It represents our enthusiasm. It represents our goal. It represents where we're trying to go. Okay? Vision is critical. The um, uh, go to the book of Nehemiah. Um, guys, I just have a few scriptures to share tonight. Um, we'll go out of Nehemiah. Nehemiah 4.14 is where we'll be. Nehemiah 4.14. And you guys know the, the plot that's taking place here. Nehemiah and the guys re, uh, rebuilding the wall. Uh, the work is being ridiculed. Let's pick up in verse 7. Let's pick up and read in verse 7. Uh, the importance of vision. Uh, now when Samballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the repair of the walls of Jerusalem went on and that the breaches began to be closed, they were very angry. All of them conspired together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause disturbance in it. But we prayed to our God. And because of them, we set up a guard against them day and night. Thus in Judah it was said, The strength of the burden bearers is failing, yet there is much rubbish, and we ourselves are unable to rebuild the wall. Our enemies said, They will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times, they will come up against us from every place where they turn. Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, in the wall, the exposed places, and I, and I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. When I saw their fear, okay, that's Nehemiah speaking. That's a, that's a, that's a good leadership quality. He witnessed their fear. Nehemiah saw their fear, and listen to what he says. I rose and I spoke to the nobles and officials and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. Fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. A lot more depends on our ability and our response to the battles that we're going to. A lot more hinges on that than personal victory. There's a lot, there's a bigger picture to it, guys. And I really hope that I can convey that tonight. 
there's more at stake than just the here and now. There's more, there's more at stake than that. It's about, our, it's about our families. It's about our brothers. It's about our sons. It's about our daughters. Our vision expanded, thinking of the kingdom. Thinking of the kingdom. Because we want personal victory, and it's critical that we get personal victory in whatever it is we're going through. Whether, it, whether we're looking for jobs or looking for somebody to buy our product or, or trusting that, that God has is, is, is moved you to a place and He's going to come through or dating, relationships, marriage or whatever. What kind of battles we're facing, how we handle that and how we get through it is with vision. We have to have a vision that it's, it's more than just about us. It's about, this, it's about the kingdom. Okay. Um, we're going to move on from Nehemiah. And I just got a few examples of that I want to highlight, and then we'll um, we'll see where we go from there. Judges. Go to the book of Judges, chapter six, uh, verse thirty-six. Thirty-six through forty is what I want to read. Uh, you guys know it's about Gideon. These are just a few examples that we're pressing through a, a personal victory, but to know that there is something big on the other end. Then Gideon said to God, this is Judges 6, verse 36 through 40. Gideon said to God, if you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I'll put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on all the ground, then I will know that you will deliver Israel through me. As you have spoken, and it was so. When he arose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said to God, Do not let your anger burn against me, that I may speak once more. Please, let me make a test once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, and let there be dew all on the ground. God did so that night, for it was dry only on the fleece, and the dew was all over the ground. I read that just to convey, hey, it's personal victory. Gideon was scared. Gideon felt either, either unqualified or scared, but guess what? He stepped forward, said, here's the sign. God gave him the sign, so he stepped forward. He had personal victory. But it was a lot more to it than that. It was a lot more to it than that. It was about delivering Israel from who? Midianites. It was about delivering Israel from the Midianites. And this may not make much sense right here in the moment, but I'm just trying to emphasize the importance of, of warring with vision. Warring with vision. There is a lot more at stake than just us here and now. Although it's important, there's a lot more at stake. Thinking of my life, testimony-wise. Um, coming here. There's a lot more um, at stake than just the fact that, hey, oh, I was obedient. God told me to come, so I'm here. Well, that does feel great to step out in that obedience, my wife and I. But there's way more to it than that. God is up to something that I cannot see. And if we can grasp that and walk forward in that every day, then, then our battle honestly gets easier. It gets easier because there is something big that God's doing. There's something big that God's orchestrating. And we have to go victoriously through the battle. We only go victoriously as a warrior with vision. Okay? Um, I got two more examples. Acts 16. This is, this is the second greatest example in the Bible. Well, the second being is not the best. Okay? 
Acts 16. The second best. And I guess if it's second best, it's debatable, but that which is first best is not debatable, so I just said this one second. You understand that? Uh, Acts 16, um, page 907. Me and Cody got the same Bible in case nobody has figured that out. Oh. Yeah. All right. There you go. See, you're close. You just got bigger print, evidently, because I'm not quite that far along. Now, Acts 16.22, guys. Um, I think this one will help bring it home. Uh, Acts 16.22, okay? We got Paul and Silas here. They've been, um, they've been witnessing... They've been, um, you know, the converts in Europe there, the, in verse 14, the, the woman in the city. Okay, now they're going to be in prison. Paul and Silas. And here we go, verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them. The chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When, when they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So the battle we see, guys, they're in jail. Hey, they're in the innermost parts of the prison. They've been stripped of their clothes. They've been beaten. How many of you think that sounds like a battle? Hey, it sounds like a battle to me. That uh, in verse 25 at midnight, Paul and Silas, they're praying, they're singing. Who thinks that sounds like victory? That sounds like uh, an act of victory at least. Well, let's listen to see what happens next. Suddenly there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. Is that victory? Yes. yes, sir, that's victory because they sang and they praised and the door was open. How many of us would have took off because there's victory? We sang and praised, God came through, the prison doors were open, let's get out of here. Anybody with me? Oh, yeah. Well, that's wrong. <laughs> that means our vision's too small. God didn't open the prison doors so that Paul and Silas could escape. He opened the prison doors because he had a jailer that he wanted to bring salvation to. He had a jailer who he wanted to bring salvation to his whole household. And Paul and Silas were very uh, very aware of that. Look, um, and I would have escaped too. I just said y'all wrong. I was glad. First time I ever got to say that. <laughs> hey, the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were open. Everyone's chains unfastened. The jailer awoke. He saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword. He was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. We're all here. Not just Paul and Silas. All the prisoners were still there. It wasn't about a jailbreak. It was about salvation. And had they had too small a vision, had they had no vision at all, had they not been focused on the fact that God was performing something through them that was bigger than just them getting out of jail, this man and his household would have never experienced the, uh, the salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay? It was bigger than that. The doors and the, the, the foundation were shaken because salvation was coming. Uh, Paul cried in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself. We're all here. And, and, and he called for lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after they brought him out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, What? 
believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's what it was about. That's what that was all about. God getting glory. God bringing salvation to a house. Um, where there is no vision, right here you see it. Where there is no vision, people die. People slip. People fall. People loosen up on their grip and they give up. In the heat of the battle, battle's hard. Anybody think battle's easy? Say amen. <laughs> battle's not easy. It never has been easy. It never will be easy. I don't care what battle you're in. Whether it's something as simple as... I won't even give examples because if it's simple to you, it might be hard to me right now. It might be hard to me right now. But we've got to keep that vision. We've got to keep that vision that says something bigger going on here than just me. And so I'm going to be intentional about staying on track. I have to be intentional about that. reason I call that the second example, because there is one greater. His name is Jesus. Turn to Amen. Matthew 26. Amen. Matthew 26. You talk about vision? You talk about vision for something greater than just himself? The death of Jesus Christ, a man who at any given moment, what is it, he could have called how many legions of angels? Does anybody know? He could, yeah. I like that song. Who said 10,000? Now, there's a song, a hymn. He could have called 10,000 angels. Okay, so y'all might not know that. The song. The 12 legions, I know you know. Okay? At any given moment, this man could have called 12 legions of angels. Perspective. Vision. Focus. There was more to it than that. And is a good contrast here. Uh, between a man who cut off Malchus's ear with a sword. Okay? I would better to ask, who did Peter, who, yeah, that would have been a better question. You know what I'm saying? Who did, whose ear did Peter cut off? Matthew 26, 51. Okay? 26, 51. 26, 51. And behold, one of those who was Jesus reached and drew out his sword, uh, they're coming to arrest Jesus. Okay, that's the the uh, the plot we got going on here. Uh, Fifty one. Behold, one of those who were Jesus reached and dried his sword. He struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. He's doing battle, right? He is doing battle. He loved Jesus. He loved Jesus. And who in, who of us in here, if somebody was coming against your Savior, you might not pull out a sword and swing it. You know, he loved Jesus. But he didn't have the vision that Jesus had. Look at what he says next, 51. I already read 51, 52. Jesus said, put your sword back into its place. For all those who take up a sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot appeal to my Father? And he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? You think I need your sword, Peter? At any given moment, I could petition my father for 12 legions of angels Amen. to deliver me. But he had the vision of a warrior. There's something bigger at play here. And it's the salvation. And it's the blood that would redeem all mankind. Amen. Or be offered to all mankind. 
my father had wanted my disobel, more than 12 legions of angels. How then will the scriptures be fulfilled? We say that it must happen this way. How then can the scriptures be fulfilled? Peter loved his Jesus. He pulled out the sword, cut off the man's ear that was trying to arrest Jesus. And I'm, I'm sure it was driven by love. But his vision, his perspective wasn't the total scope. He would have saved Jesus. But listen to what Jesus said. There's something bigger at play here. There's something bigger at stake. I have to die. I have to fulfill the scriptures. Guys, can we walk with that mentality? We can. But it takes a lot of obedience. It takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of, of faith and, and steadfast to stay focused on that vision that says, you know what? I'm in the heat of this battle. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I do know that I need personal victory, but it's a lot more at stake here than just me prevailing. It's about my church prevailing. It's about my community prevailing. It's about um, the nations prevailing. There is a lot at play. There is a lot at stake in our obedience. Day-to-day -day obedience. There's a whole lot at stake in our day-to-day -day obedience. Whether we're at the pregnancy center, whether we're on a construction job, whether we're, you know, fishing, shopping. There's a lot at stake in day-to-day, step-by-step obedience to the voice of God. The, to have the vision and perspective that Jesus had. He said, you know what? Yeah, I could get out of this. But that's not, that's not the reason for all this. I've got to walk through it. Um, prayer for vision allows us to victoriously handle every battle from an unbeatable perspective. Uh, we have to keep in mind that there's more at stake than our personal victory. Um, Acts 20, I wanted to read for some reason. Let's go to it. I think this is a... Um, yeah, this was kind of an encouragement to me. Uh, I hope it will be an encouragement to you. Um, I said before about, um, um, you know, having, the, having a warrior-like vision, how critical that is. In this um, little passage of uh, verses here, this little um, section of verses here that we'll read, um, I feel like is the heart cry of a warrior. The heart cry of a warrior. A warrior who has a vision that says, you know what? Whatever advances the kingdom, whatever it costs me, whatever I have to lay down, whatever I have to sacrifice to advance the kingdom of God, I will do it. And that takes discipline and obedience, and it takes having a warrior-like vision that says, it's more than just me and here and now. There's a lot more at play. There's a lot more at play, guys, in our day-to-day, moment-by-moment obedience. And this has been a huge encouragement to me, and uh, may it encourage you, um, and may it become your heart cry as well. Acts chapter 20, verse 17. Paul saying farewell to Ephesus, moving on to Jerusalem. Um, from... Uh, Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, it's Paul speaking, You yourselves know from the first day I set foot in Asia how I was with you the whole time, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears, with trials, which came upon me through the plots of the Jews. 
how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you publicly and from house to house, solemnly testifying to both Jews and Greeks of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. And this is that attitude of a warrior, guys, that I pray for each day. Bound by the Spirit, I'm on my way to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit solemnly testifies to me in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. But I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel and the grace of God. In other words, anything at any time, as long as it spreads the gospel, anything at any time, as long as it advances the name of Jesus, anything at any time, as long as God gets the glory. That's the vision of a warrior because that is more than just us. I conquered that, now what? I conquered that, now what? It's a big, big, um, it's a big, big picture God's painting here. And you're a very important piece to a very important puzzle. And there's some that want to be the whole puzzle. And there's some that don't want to have anything to do with the puzzle. And all God asks of any of us is that we would be the piece of the puzzle that He has called us to be so that He can advance His kingdom on this earth. That's what it's all about. How do you have that perspective? Where it says, whatever. If it brings you glory, Lord, I'll take it. And that's where we need to advance to, guys. To have the vision of a warrior to step into a realm of obedience that will shock the world. To step into a realm of obedience that will shock everybody around you. God will do things through you that will shock this world. And He already is. It's a pleasure to be um, back here and a part of this family. Um, we're, my wife and I are very excited um, to be here and see what God has in store. Um, a little bit of us feels like Acts 20 here. Um, I couldn't really give a clear answer when, when folks ask, why, why are you coming to Houston? Or why are you going to Houston? Um, you know, don't know. God sent us. It was, it was a journey and a half. We're here. And I just pray that he continues to, to bring revival to this city, to this church. I'm excited to see what, uh, what God has in store. But we have to maintain that vision. One of the most dangerous conditions um, that happens within the church, and I couldn't see it happening here. If it was, you know, it would be hard to sit in the, uh, in the pew. Um, but the, the thing I call the plateau effect. You know, we get to a state where, hey, we're okay. You know, I read my Bible enough, I pray enough, I'm content where I'm at. Well, I'm the one standing up here speaking tonight, and I'll say that I'm not content where I'm at. I want to go deeper. Amen. We want more. Is everybody with me on that? Yeah. We want more. We don't want to plateau. No. Don't want to, to level off. That's deadly. It is. That is deadly. 
so let's keep climbing, let's keep fighting together, avoid that plateau effect, and have a mentality that says, you know, whatever, we do it to bring honor and glory to the Lord. Um, I'm just going to close in prayer, Matt, if you want to sing or praise again, whatever, but that's all the word that the Lord gave me. I knew it was going to be short. I told John, don't change your batteries because I ain't got, the Lord's got a quick word. Okay. Thank you, Jesus, for this night. Thank you so much, Father, for uh, what you have to say. And, and God, oftentimes it, it comes out in ways that, that we, may, we may not even understand. But, Father, you have brought great comfort and encouragement and, and you've charged us tonight to step forth, Father, with the vision and perspective that says... Um, it's, it's not about um, just us here and now. It's the decisions we make now, Lord, affect so much more than just us. Lord, help us to keep a fresh perspective and fresh vision to the fact that we need to obey and follow and serve you, Lord, with the reality in mind that, that our decisions and our day-by-day -day obedience will affect our children. It will affect our marriages. It will affect our church. It will affect our community. And Father, may that impact be a positive impact, Lord. And may revival continue to spark, Lord, and spread out of this church, into this city, into all the nations, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.